Jesus, we love you. We are so grateful for where you have brought us and where you are taking us. I ask that this morning that as we we know you're in the room with us, um, I just ask selfishly for myself that you would speak through me and show us who you are in your word this morning. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Well, today is a really big day. Today is our birthday, and we're 12 years old today. I mean, it's pretty cool, right? Yeah. That means we're, you know, we're a preteen, so I guess that means this is where the hormones and the sarcasm really starts to just hit its prime, right? So we're in some fun times ahead, I'm sure, right? But because this day is special, and because we're celebrating 12 years with the vision of being a church for those who have given up on church, we thought that today we will take a brief pause in our current series, Metamorphosis. Now, if you're new with us or you're not familiar with that series, what it is is we've been walking through the letter of Ephesians, asking the question of how does the never-changing gospel change us? And next week is going to be an awesome week. We're going to be diving right back into it in a message that might very well change some of your lives in this room or the lives of a friend that you bring next week. So let me tell you, you do not want to miss next week because it's going to be awesome. But for today, we wanted to just take a look at what we want to see happen this next year. We're celebrating what God has brought us through and brought us to, and we're looking ahead to what God's going to do next. And as we've been thinking about that as a leadership and praying about it, there's one passage that's really kind of stood out that we think that this is kind of like the the meat, the passage we want to focus on. And it's in Hebrews chapter 11, it's verse 1. And it reads like this. It says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now much of that statement describes our own church history the past 11 years, or 12 years, especially in what happened 11 months ago. Because 11 months ago we moved into this space after this building had sat around empty for years. And we moved in here, and I want you to know it was kind of messy. There were no flooring that you're sitting on now. There was no balcony for those of you who like to hide up there. There was no live stream for you extreme introverts. There were no paint on the walls. There were no kids' ministries. I'm pretty sure we didn't have the bathrooms running until the night before our very first service, if memory serves me right. But we moved into this space. And we said that this was going to be our home after years of wandering around the community. And we asked God to do something in this space and because we knew that this was the home he was calling us to. And we've seen God grow us, shape us, build the bluff around us. It reminds me a lot of what happened with Abraham to a much smaller degree for us than, than what happened to Abraham. Abraham, he left everything. Abraham's story, if you're familiar with it, it's reminded to us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse A, and it says this, it says, By faith... Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Now, Abraham didn't know how things were going to turn out for him. He just knew that God said move, and he was willing to move with God. He didn't know the obstacles that he was going to face, the challenges, the days ahead, and all the pressure, but he did know a few things. He knew it wasn't going to be easy. He knew there would be days where he thought about quitting, He knew that there would be days where it felt like things were taken so slow that you would almost think God had abandoned the scene, that God had walked away, that God was not faithful. But he did know he could trust God still through the storm. 
That's the faith that Abraham had. Do you have that kind of faith? For us as a church, that's what we have sought to be. And because Abraham did that, he obeyed and he set out to join the work that God was doing with faith, that God would go with him and work wonders through him. So verse 9 tells us this. He says, by faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. So he was in the promised land, but the home was not completed yet. In fact, if you know your Old Testament story, you know that Abraham never owned anything of the land except a burial spot. That's all he owned. He was promised this massive piece of land, but all he ever owned was this little bit, but he was all right with that because he knew that his descendants, those who came after him, would build upon the faith that he's invested in others would be blessed because of his faith. And so Isaac and Jacob and so on and so on until eventually this graveyard turned into a garden. And the scriptures tell us in verse 10, it says he did this for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations whose designer and builder is God. As a church today that aims to be a church for those who have given them a church, we long to have the same heart as Abraham. We came into a space that was messy, that was like a graveyard, and it was because this place has sat around empty for years. But we came into it hoping to have the same faith, hoping that God would use this ground to make Jesus famous. And so that's what we've sought to do. And it's what drove Abraham in a similar way to walk by faith. And his son Isaac and Jacob to do the same, not to mention other heroes of the faith who came after them, like Sarah and Moses and Joseph and David and the prophets and the apostles as well. And here's what Hebrews tells us about all of those who were following a vision that God had given them, that they were following it with faith, that one day God was going to provide the blessings which he's promised. Here's what it tells them. In verse 9, chapter 11 of Hebrews, it says, And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. They went forward in faith for the promises that God has given them, but they didn't get to reap the rewards of it. And that's tough to read. And we would read that and be like, man, was it worth it following God? That sounds like a failure, but here's what the next verse tells us. It says, they did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Since these heroes before us, they, they followed God, they walked by faith, they served generously the mission of God, also that others would be blessed to come after them. That's the beauty of the gospel. That's a, a reward that we get to reap. Because in this church body, there are others who have gone before us who walked faithfully and we get to reap the rewards and the blessings of it today. And those who will come after us like our children will reap the rewards when we walk by faith today. That's the kind of people we want to be. That's the kind of church that we've sought to be. So here we have consistently come before God in prayer and devotion, asking God, won't you please work through us so that we might be a blessing for those around us. So that we might be a blessing for our kids and for those in this community who don't know Jesus. So we've invested with this faith. We've stepped forward in this faith and we've done that frequently in this space. Asking God, would you find us faithful here? Would you find us faithful in this room? Would you find us faithful in our living rooms? So that the community around us might be blessed. So that others might be blessed. And so we've sought that as a church and we've sought that in a variety of ways. 
Like, for instance, our very first Sunday here, when it was all concrete floors, we took Sharpies and we wrote prayers all over the floor. You can see photos of it over there. And one day we will do that in that space over there as well, when we have moved over to that space. Then we changed up some of the ways we do some of our worship services and things like that. And we added family dinner nights and, and we do name tags and connection cards all so that we might grow in our love for God and love for one another. And God has done something with that. In this past year, we've seen numerous baptisms. We've seen decisions to follow Jesus. We've seen new families join our church. We've seen this place fill up with crying babies because either there's something in the drinking water or you guys skipped a very important class in high school. (laughs) right? And then we've seen God bless our various ministries with the launching, relaunching in some ways, of our kids' ministries with the beloved kids' areas and the beloved junior areas, which are, in my opinion, the most beautiful kids' ministry areas in this entire community. And then we saw a new leadership step into our youth group, and in that we've seen growth, we've seen disciples made, we've seen new salvations, we've seen records broken, which I'm going to be... A little petty here and say that, you know, when I was in charge of the youth ministry before Andy took over, there's many of you teenagers I kept inviting over and over to join our youth group. And the moment that Andy takes over, you guys start showing up, which is a little suspicious, right? Let's not think on that too much because then I'll lose my job to Parker over there. So, um, yeah. And the last thing we want to see is a grown man cry today. But hey, you know, we have seen God work in this place. And we've also seen God use this church to be a blessing to the community this past year like in our For the City event. Now, if you're not familiar with what that is, because maybe you started joining us after that event, what happened was the Sunday after Easter, rather than meet here to worship, we decided we were going to be the church out in the community. So we didn't meet here for worship. We met in teams all across the community doing a variety of different service projects. We, we provided blessing, we provided care, we did service projects for the schools, we did, well, let me see, let me go and run through the list so I don't miss anything. We did baked goods given to hospital staff who felt unappreciated for all their hard work during COVID. We did service projects at Haven House to show love and support to the women in our town who feel like their life is in turmoil. We created resource bags to be distributed to the homeless who are oftentimes forgotten in this community. And then we built beds and delivered them to kids in our town who sleep on the floor. Like that was an awesome day as a church where we were being the church to this community. And my friends, let me tell you, we're going to do that again. Right? That was an awesome day. If you've been excited this past year to see all that God has done this past year, would you just let it be known, right? We came into all of this. Before we moved in the building, we all met as a massive leadership team, and we sought God in prayer, asking God, won't you do something in our midst? And from that, we felt like God had laid out a plan, and then we presented that plan this time last year, and we've seen God do these things, and it's been awesome. But God had more up his sleeve. Because that's how oftentimes God works. He's like, here's the plan. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to step into with faith, and I'm going to show you so much more. And so we've seen God this past year do far more than what we thought or imagined Like the creation of our women's ministry, which was never a plan for us at that moment. We were not thinking about that, but we have some wonderful ladies who stepped up and are like, God is calling us to do this. And we're having our first women's event soon, right? 
Then the probation and parole center in town contacted us, asked this church to come into that place to bring the gospel to men who have recently been incarcerated. My friends, that was not us seeking that opportunity. That was the city who says, hey, you know what? There's something here. Won't you please come and bring the gospel to these men who really need it? Right? And then who can forget our awesome VBS that we had this summer where for a month long we had some amazing leaders in this church who were presenting the gospel week after week to kids who needed it. And we saw this place filled up with kids. And yes, I know some of you were only there to throw a pie in my face, and that's all right. But we saw God do more than we can think or imagine this past year because this is what happens when you follow a faithful God. When you come to him and say, God, I trust you. God, I want to follow you. God, I know what you're asking me to do when I want to be brave enough to step into it. We watch a God work in that moment. We watch God make himself famous through us. And that's what we got to do as a church this past year. Much like those heroes of the faith before us who who faced difficulties and trials of their own. They went forward because God had given them a vision of faith. And they stepped out in faith. And they were rewarded for their faith. And Scripture goes on and it tells us that the people who think like this, who act like this, for people who speak thus, make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. The point is that when we are drawn to see our stories as part of God's big story, we're naturally going to strive to see Jesus made famous in our lives so that others will come to know of the hope that we share. And we will come to see in this all that God has been doing in our past, is doing today, and we're going to be amazed at what God's going to do next. But it's not easy. It's difficult. Because God doesn't always lay things out perfectly. He doesn't say, hey, beware, this is coming up ahead, so go ahead and prepare for it now. So many times, God kind of brings us into situations where we have to be faithful, where we did not know what was coming around the corner. We did not know what we were going to have to face. So many times we face that. And there's so much pressure to doubt God. There's so much pressure to give up on what God has called us to. There's so much that says, man, we've seen God do so much, we're comfortable with it. We don't want to keep pressing forward. We're happy with what has happened in the past. But you know what happens when we get that way? When we get comfortable with all that God has done with us in the past and we're not pushed forward by it to seek more of God in our lives, we grow stagnant. We grow lazy. That's how a church dies. Because they're coasting on what God has done in their past. And they're not using it to spur them on to greater showing of faith. And Hebrews talks about this. Admits that this is a struggle. And verse 15 says, If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. If all we can celebrate as a church is all that God had did in our past, and it does not move us forward to take the next step forward, to say, God, I've seen what you've done. I'm in awe of it, and I want to see you do more in my life. So I've trusted you with this little mound over here. I want to trust you with more now because you showed yourself faithful over here. Won't you show yourself faithful when I give you more of myself? When I trust more of my day, my time, my energy, my resources, my relationships, when I trust more of these things to you, I'm trusting that you're going to do something because I saw you do something over here with the little bit I gave you. That's what we are celebrating today. Not just that God has done something in the Bluff Church over the past 12 years, but our excitement to see what he is going to do next. 
And Hebrews tells us that when a person and even a church is excited about seeing God work and are looking for ways to step out in faith and follow Jesus, it tells us in verse 16 that people like this, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly one. And here's what Hebrews promises us when we act like this. When we are pushed to say, God, I am hungry to see you work. I'm craving it in my life. God, I'm on my knees praying. Won't you do something in my life? I'm excited because you've moved mountains. You've split seas in my past. I'm excited because I know you can do it again, and I'm hungry for it. I want to see it as an individual. I want to see it in my relationships. I want to see it in my church. I want to see it in this town. When we are like this, here's the promise. Hebrews gives us. Verse 16 says, Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. God is not ashamed to be the God of someone who has faith like that. He's got a great promise in store for them. The message of this text from Hebrews 11 that we've been seeing and walking through is to teach us that when we desire to be part of the work God is doing, others will be blessed for it. When we desire to be part of the work God is doing, others will be blessed for it. And that's the beauty of the gospel. It's that others have gone ahead of you. Others showed faith in God. Others took risks Others invited you to church. Others maybe dragged you kicking and screaming in church as a little kid. I was that one. There's no shame in that. And because someone stepped out in faith, you are here. You get to reap the blessings of that. You get to be in a relationship with Jesus and follow him. And the great joy is now that responsibility has been passed on to you. That as a follower of Jesus, you have a responsibility to invest in the faith of the next generation so that others might be blessed because you sought to be part of what God was doing around you. We see that even in Jesus. I mean, Jesus, the whole Bible talks about this, but we especially see it in Jesus because he stepped in and he did the work God had called him to do, and we reap the blessings and reward of being part of God's family today because of it. This is how the gospel moves forward. This is how church moves forward. But it's not easy. It's not easy. Because there's so much pressure, so many difficulties, so many obstacles, so many things that pop up as excuses that say, you can't trust God with this. You can't move forward with this. God would never ask you to do this. God would never ask you to go to that person, to go to this place. God would never ask you to try to bring the gospel into your marriage and into your parenting. God would never do that. That's what the world says. It tells you, hey, you keep your little faith to yourself. You don't care about everyone else. But you know what happens? When you do that, Jesus is not made famous. We exist to make Jesus famous. And we want to be a church that's selfless, that's uncommon, that looks like someone who wants to make Jesus famous. That's the kind of church we want to be. That's the kind of church we want to be. And it's not normal because we're naturally consumers, but we want to be in the game. We want to be contributing to what God has done. And most of all, we want to be the kind of church that God looks out and says, you know what? I'm not ashamed to be the God of the Bluff Church. That's where we want to be. Do you want that for your life? where God can look at you and say, I'm not ashamed to be your God. It's one thing to say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for the power of salvation for all those who believe. It's one thing to say that. It's awesome. But to live a life of faith, 
where God can look down and say, do you see them? Do you see them? Oh, man, they're awesome. We could be that church. And so we're asking ourselves, we're seeking that out to be that kind of church. And for us as a church, we really think this involves two things that we need to focus on this next year. The first one is in how we serve our community. Now, we are a church that loves to serve this community. We take every opportunity we can get to serve. It's a part of our DNA, and we want to be a church that inspires other churches in our towns to serve their community better. But in our leadership and in our prayers over the past few months, God has been kind of laying on our hearts that we need to be more specific, and we need to seek this with excellence, not just to do everything, but to ask ourselves how we can make the biggest impact and difference upon our community. And let me explain that with an illustration. So many of you are hunters, right? And you just enjoy it. I know. And I know that's true because come deer season, this place is kind of a ghost town, right? Because you're up in the woods, you're in the tree, you're in the freezing cold, you're covered in urine to attract animals, and you find out awesome, all right? And I get it. I can't compete with that level of entertainment. So you go out and do that, right? There's no shame in hearing that. Now, clearly you can tell I'm not a hunter, but here's what I do know. If you want to get your deer, you don't shoot at every little squirrel and bird you see. You wait patiently, and you find those opportunities until you can take the perfect shot in a way so that you can come home with your deer. And if we want to be a church that's going to make an impact upon this community, we need to be asking ourselves, what is our deer? Now, we do a lot, and this focus we want to take, this shift in how we're doing things is going to involve this. It's not in saying, hey, we're going to stop a lot. And I know some of you are thinking, well, Mason, we do a lot. We do Foster Adopt Connect. We do Bread Shed. We do SHP. We do Santa Lynn. Does that mean that you're saying we're not doing those things? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we want to be super specific. And each year, we want to have a certain focus for the year that says, hey, for the next 12 months, every month, we're going to do something to uplift something else to increase the, the impact that something else is having upon the community. And for us, for our first year of doing this, we're looking to uplift the schools in our neighborhood. And here's why. Because many of you work in the school district. And we've been listening for the past few years as you've been talking about how difficult it is ever since COVID. The game changed with COVID. And many of you have walked away discouraged. I hear it all the time. And many of you have kids who go to our school. And for us as a church, we've been listening to that and we've been praying about it and asking God, how can we make a difference to encourage you, to uplift you? So here's what we're going to do. Every month for the next 12 months, you're going to be hearing something that we're doing specifically to uplift the schools in our town. That way, those of you who work there and those of you who drop off kids can look around and say, you know what, my church cares about me. My church cares about the impact I'm making because the schools make a tremendous amount of impact upon the future. They really do. And we want to be a church that says, hey, we're supporting you. We want to be your biggest cheerleader. So every month you're going to be hearing something that's going on or something we're advertising, something that we're encouraging you to get involved with, to say, hey, look, we want to be a church that says this over here is awesome so that a year from now there might be a better position. There might be people who maybe this year are thinking, man, I need to quit teaching. I don't see the value and I don't see the, the impact I'm making or whether you work in faculty anyways. And we can say, you know what, you mattered this year. That's what we're going to do. And next year, we'll have a new theme. And the year after that, a new theme. But that's what we're going to start doing from now on. This is about defining our higher yes. And sometimes that means we're going to have to say no to some things, even good things. So that way, we make sure we are hitting our higher yes. So as a church, we can say, we are making a difference over here. 
You're going to see some changes in some things we do because of that. But we are going to end this year, this next year, with saying, you know what? The community and the schools were in a better position because the Bluff Church came behind them, cheered them on, served them, and cared for them. Here's the other area that we think we need to grow in. Another area where we think we need to step out in faith in is that we need to be in that room. We need to be in that room. This is not our final resting place. And I know it's easy to forget that. Because many of you come in through those doors, you find a seat, you never go over there. You never see that that room is still empty, it's still construction site. We've got it roped off to keep people safe. It should not be that way. And we need to step up and get in that room. And that's going to require faithful giving. And you know why we're urgent about this? Is because the people who do know what it's like in there are our kids. And every week in Bluff Kids, they get dismissed and they have to walk through that. And they are looking to us to be the generation that will get them in there. And we need to get in there. Because I don't know if you know this, but we're kind of growing because many of you are like rabbits right now. Okay? <laughs> All right? And you know what? To prove that point, this week we had to up the, put a new wall or a new doorway entrance for our Bluff Junior because our Bluff Junior room, which was just for a single room, is now a wing because you guys keep having babies, right? Okay? So we, we're kind of growing and expanding. And so our kids need us to get out of here. You know what? Because this is going to eventually be our youth room. And if Andy keeps growing the youth group like he is, eventually we're going to be like, hey, we can't grow it anymore. Look at this even as a church. Right now we've got a packed room. We need to be in there so that we can grow as well, so that we can share more of the message of Jesus because our kids need us in there so that they can be in here. We need to do that, and that's going to require faithful giving. That's going to require us to step forward and say, God, we want to move into this space. It's not always easy to be a blessing to others. And here's what I really never want to see happen. So my little daughter, um, she can't form any words, but she talks a lot. Oh, Lord, she talks a lot. Um, not sure where she gets it from. Uh, you know, it just it kind of happens, but she just jabbers on all day long, you know. But one day she's going to be able to form words. The last conversation I ever want to have with her is be taking her to bluff kids one day and her to stop and say, Dad, why... Why is that room like this? Why have we not moved forward? And in that moment, the only answer I will be able to give her is, you know what? Somewhere we failed. Somewhere along the way, while we preached about having faith in a big God, we did not really believe it. And in that moment, it won't be us who suffers from that. It will be the next generation of those who are watching us who hear what we preach and hear what we proclaim, but they don't see it. And I don't want that to happen. And many of you have kids who are around the same age as my daughter. Many of you have grandkids that way, and I don't want you to have to have that same conversation one day with them either. So we need to get in that space. But that can't happen without faithful giving. We can be the church that God has called us to be, but it's going to call us to step out in faith. It's not easy. It's not always comfortable. But a journey with Jesus is meant to require faith. But 
God does something with that. And those who come along after us will be blessed for it. Because I'm hopeful that one day, decades from now, this church will be able to look back on this first generation in the building and they'll be like, wow, this first generation, they had a tremendous amount of faith and maybe I'll still be here, maybe I'll be dead at that point, I don't know. But maybe that person, whoever's preaching, will stand up and be like, let's be like the first generation in the building with the faith that they had to step forward and follow Jesus. Maybe that'll be that vision Sunday in 60 years from now. That message is being given. That's going to require us stepping out in faith. And the best way to begin a journey of faith is, of course, by prayer. Because there is no effectiveness and impact in life without prayer. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to end this morning a little bit differently than normal. Stephanie, I know she's already on her way up here. Let me give you instructions. Uh, We're doing something for those of you who are guests or first-time attenders. Um, We've never done this before, and I know many of you who... Um, or here a lot, or have been here the past few years, you know I say that a lot. So you're probably thinking, whatever, Mason. Um, but this moment, we're going to end with prayer. So rather than what we normally do, where the band comes up, and they lead us in a closing song, and then I'll come up and say something to dismiss us, we're going to end this morning with just prayer. And we're going to do it in three ways. Here in a moment, I'm going to ask you to bow your hearts with me and, and pray. During that time, it's all about you praying for yourself, asking God that this next year he would give you opportunities, that he would open up doors and call you to step out in faith in some ways. And it might not be in giving, okay, it might be in the opportunities to invite someone else. It might be in the opportunities to how you raise your kids or how you go and treat your spouse. It could be any number of things. But we're going to take this moment and we're going to ask God, would he find us faithful? Would he trust us enough to call us to something in our own personal lives? And then after a brief moment of pause, I'm going to instruct you to get up and gather together with your family and pray that same prayer over every member of your family that this coming year God would open up doors for you to be able to be faithful and be a blessing to someone else. And after a moment of pause, we'll enter stage three, which is where we encourage, for those of you in the balcony, maybe you come down, we're going to gather up as an entire church, we're going to hold hands, we're going to circle up the best we can, we might have to move some chairs around, that's perfectly all right, but we will pray together as a church body asking that God would do the same thing in our church. And then we'll dismiss. And then you can rush to be all the other Christians to McAllister's for all I care. I don't know. But, but this moment, we want to praise God, and we want to thank him for what he's done, and we're going to ask him that because of what he's done in our past, we're going to ask that he would open up doors and give us hearts that want to be more faithful, that want to step out and follow him more to make Jesus famous. So would you bow your hearts and pray with me now? Jesus, we thank you so much that you are here, that you've called us after years of wandering, you've called us to a home. But it's not fully complete. There's dead and empty space around us waiting for you to breathe life into them. 
And Father, this year alone, we've seen you move in our midst. We've seen such growth and excitement and energy. We've seen you do far more than what we thought or imagined. And so we're asking right now, God, would you help us to be found faithful in you? In this room, and one day in the next. In this room, and in our living rooms. In this room, as well as at our desk, and our cubicles, at our job sites. May we be found faithful. And so Father, I'm going to be the first to to ask for that, and, and I know that's not an easy thing to ask because sometimes when you, when we ask to be faithful, you put us in situations that are difficult that demand us to, to have faith in you. Because it was like Abraham, you, you called Abraham and he, he went through such trials, he went through such difficulties, and so did those who came after him. But others were blessed because he was a part of the story. And Father, we just want to be part of your story. And so we're asking God, Would you give us opportunities to have faith in you? Would you give us a vision? Would you give us excitement? Would you give us just this energy to say, you know what, God, you gave us so many blessings in the past because of what faith we showed in you. We want to show greater showing of faith in you. And we recognize that how that might provide us with more difficulties in life. But we want to just be able to say, you are worth it. Because our sights are set on the city that you're preparing. Help us to be found faithful as individuals. It's in your name I pray. Amen. At this time, I'm going to encourage you to stand up, circle up with your family, and pray over each member of your family right now. And I will say this, if you're someone around you who's by themselves, feel free to invite them to be part of your family, right? This is a church family. We can do that, right? this time, I'm going to ask you to once again bow your hearts. And, and as I pray uh, for us to close out this morning and pray over us for this specific request, I'm going to ask that you might be praying as well. So don't just listen, but be praying as well for this, because we all need to be praying for this as a church. So would you please bow your hearts with me? Jesus, I thank you so much for this body. Father, I love them so much but it does not come in comparison to how much you love us. And we have seen in the past 12 years how you have shown that love, how you have provided for us, how you have taken care of us, how you have protected us, and then how you have used us. But Father, we ask that you don't stop because we're hopeful that the best is yet to come. And we know as good as things are now, they are never as good as what they can be when you continue working. So we're asking, Father, that you might find us faithful. 
we're asking that we might be a church that is just filled with your Holy Spirit. That when we walk into this space, we might be filled with grace and mercy towards one another. That we might burn with love for one another. But beyond that, Father, we ask that we might be a community that burns with love for Jesus and that wants to make him famous, that we exist to make him famous so that we can be the church for those who have given up on church in this town. So, Father, whatever that requires of us, whatever that takes of us, we want to be found faithful to what you ask of us because we don't want to stop following you because you are worth it. So, please, Father, find us faithful. Give us opportunities where, where we're almost scared as a body of believers to step forward in faith, but we're confident in you. Make us a church like that. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys for being here.